Welcome to Uncaged. Today we're speaking with Daniel Roundy. Daniel is the Chief Experience Officer of Nexting. Nexting is a really interesting company. They power next level solutions. They're creative problem solvers and experience builders for the better. And so we'll talk about kind of I'd say the state of experiential thinking and how that is being improved for businesses today. It's so funny. It's been several decades since the experience economy, that book came out that kind of changed all of our lives. But in reality, we're on a next level of experience these days. So before we get there, Daniel, tell us a little bit about you and your career. Well, so I am a, a father of five, been married 25 years. And, you know, first and foremost... Thank you so much. I, I consider myself a family man and, you know, actually love the stuff that my kids are into. Um, I've got twins that are 23. One of them is, you know, uh, uh, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to show this on the camera, but he's a he's got a band and some uh, tunes on Spotify. I've got a son who does musical theater, a video game developer son. So just amazing kids. Um, I spent the first part of my career at Microsoft. Actually, I studied Spanish in college, so it was kind of cool to get into. I was doing software translation and project management at Microsoft early in my career. Um, and Microsoft was an amazing company where you could explore a lot of different things. And I got to explore um, really operational process improvement is what I got into using data um, and insights to drive improvements. But you know, I, as I moved in my career, I, I dabbled in engineering, I dabbled in Six Sigma and IT strategy and business transformation. And, you know, ultimately I felt kind of like my customers were my internal stakeholders and I had to do something amazing for them. And during one of those transformation initiatives, we brought in a customer experience consultancy and that just changed my, my world. I sat in front of, as an IT professional in the company, I sat in front of a sales VP. And normally when they talk to IT, their eyes glaze over. They're like, IT is too slow, too expensive. And we started talking about their customer and the customer journey. And that his eyes just lit up. And that was life-changing for me. So, you know, long story short, I've been doing customer experience consulting for about the last 10 years, both inside Microsoft. And, and then I left in 2016 to do it externally. Um, and I would consider myself not a CX person that came from marketing or even support, but somebody who really what likes to drive operational improvements while doing better things for customers. So now you are building out Nexting, and it's a new organization launched earlier this year. Tell me a little bit about you know what you guys are doing there and the early stages of development. Yeah, thanks for asking. Nexting is a super exciting venture. I am feel so blessed to have some great partners and co-founders in the, you know, as, as you heard about my background, I'm really a practitioner and somebody who loves to deliver results. And so this change to being a co-founder and trying to get this startup to, you know, to, to be successful in the market has given me so many new things to learn and so many new challenges. Um, nexting is really, you know, at the core, we're a design consultancy. We want to help organizations innovate experiences, but also do things that are better for the planet through sustainability innovation as well. We want to use human-centered design and design thinking to solve complex problems. And then, you know, we want to 
not just hand off a design to for somebody else to implement. We want to actually care and feed for the experience that we create through ongoing measurement and listening to continue to drive improvements and better results. One of the exciting things about Nexting is we're we're trying to break into the Saudi Arabian market. And I don't know, you know, I before now I wasn't really following what was going on in Saudi Arabia. It's it's amazing what's going on there. I actually just got back from a business trip. To I mean, Riyadh. it is truly outstanding. I mean, it it's it's something that I think the world is starting to take notice of, but they are at a transformative moment for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, part of that trip, I got to go to Dubai and see kind of that amazing modernization that they've done in Dubai. And I think Saudi Arabia wants a piece of that. They want to actually compete on the world stage. They just got selected to host the 2030 World Expo. They've got the Saudi Vision 2030, which I learned more about, which is really, you know, it's more than just diversifying their economy. It's about financial development, innovation, sustainability, you know, making leaps in healthcare and in educating, you know, their own, you know, their own uh, citizens and and people there, and then you know having a bigger impact on the rest of the world. Um, there was a, a news article today I just read that they're actually offering a 30-year tax break to companies who will relocate their Middle Eastern headquarters to Saudi Arabia, which I mean, 30 years—that's like as long as a mortgage, right? So, I mean, that they want to incentivize people. They want to actually be the hub for innovation in the Middle East. And that's very exciting. And I can happy to tell you more about my experiences over there if we have time. I mean, it, it is really interesting. I've tracked some of these marvelous architectural projects that seem to be just unimaginable anywhere else. You know, these buildings that are several miles long and it's very fascinating stuff. But, you know, broadly speaking, I think that what you were talking about, which is the, you know, experiential space in general has been one where if you get it right, it has tremendous benefits. And I just be curious right now, when you're talking to customers, what's really top of mind for them right now in the XM space? What are they worried about, but what are they also like really spending their energy on? Well, if you asked me that a year ago, or, you know, I think ChatGPT just had the birth, their 12 month, you know, birthday. Um, so, but if you asked me a year ago, I would say, you know, a lot of customer experience, practitioners, leaders, and consultants were talking about how important it was to differentiate the experience. Like everything else could be commoditized. Everything else, you know, can be, you can compete on a, a lot of different things on price and uh, and on so many different uh, uh, levels, but where you can really differentiate and, and build loyalty and, you know, keep your customers around longer and spending more money with you is by differentiating that experience. I'd say with the boom of, you know, that, that the last 12 months have brought, I think data uh, and integration of AI into the customer experience is top of mind. Um, how do we take our first party day, data, our third party data, our voice of customer data, the telemetry in our products, the operational data, how do we make sense of that? And then yeah. use AI to automate more personalization or to use chatbots to better enable our customer support agents or yeah. better web experiences. So I think that's really what's top of mind. And then as the economy is, you know, in this funky, almost cooling are we you know cooling yeah. or thawing? I think a focus is really turned to 
you know, how do we focus on revenue generating initiatives? And uh, I've actually seen, you know, many customer experience uh, peers go through a layoff. It, mm. It's almost like this particular discipline may not be considered as essential as, as sales and marketing mm. and support. And so I think what I would, the, the message that I'm hearing is, you know, we need to focus on revenue and retention. And mm. again, the answer to that is by providing a better experience. And yeah, better I so completely holistically agree with what you're saying, Daniel. You know, there are funny things that I've noticed. You know, it's much easier for an organization to somehow get sign off on a marketing campaign and much harder for them to invest on things like better customer support. And I've always been shocked by that because I think about my own experiences as a customer and customer support is literally how you think about a company. Like that is your interaction with that business. And the idea that a company would short shrift that area and would over index on the ad on a TV spot, just it's mind boggling to me. I'm a big, big believer in the experience space and certainly investing it. And I find myself being a loyal customer of solutions when experience is focused on because that is how you live the brand. That is how it becomes part of your life for sure. But Daniel, I mean, tell me a little bit more about how this is an area that not only has been an area that you've worked in, but kind of a passion point. You've worked through your whole career in this area. Tell me how that came about and you know how you keep it going every day. <laughs> That's such an interesting introspective question. And gosh, I mean, I'm not a psychologist, so I can't totally you know figure out what's going on in my psyche. But you know, like I like I mentioned, I I, uh, I majored in Spanish in college, right? I didn't even pursue a business degree or an engineering degree. I had some of that that I was doing on the side. But one of the things that that I was focusing on was translation and interpretation. How do you, and now, you know, AI is doing a lot of that for us. But back then, you know, uh, we were getting trained on how to uh, translate documents and websites and, and software. Um, and it really forced you to empathize with the the Spanish-speaking person or the person that you were translating the content for. And I think that deep-rooted empathy is really what gets me excited about customer experience and employee experience because at the end of the day, you know, we are humans and we're having a human experience even when we're interacting with technology. And to me, that human element of our lives is, is never going to go away and it's so important. And so I get really excited about doing things that can both make customers and users and employees happier, more productive, uh, get, get uh, you know, accomplish their goals better and faster, more efficiently, and add to the bottom line, you know, help grow your company, help improve your operations, help save money where you don't need to spend it, where customers don't care about it. And so that kind of blend is what I get excited about every day. So, I mean, Daniel, here we are coming to the tail end of 2023. It's been a wild ride this year. As you mentioned, a lot of companies are figuring out what to prioritize to keep the business rolling. But 2024 seems to be a year where people are excited about certain things in the economy. There's also a little bit of trepidation as well. What are you seeing for 2024? Well, I, I think the uncertainty is 
is still lingering, right? It's like, is AI going to take over my job? Are we going to be able to automate my, you know, ourselves out of out of a job? Uh, what does that mean? You know, that there's been in the tech industry and, and other industries layoffs, and so people are looking for work. And um, I'm I'm hoping, you know, that things are going to move in a direction where companies are able to spend more again and bring more of those people in that that you know can add so much value to their business. One of the things that I've been thinking about and and researching and learning more about is this concept of revenue operations. And so I think uh, as as the economy starts to warm up and companies are you know looking and scrutinizing the things that they're going to spend their money on, this concept of revenue operations is really interesting to me because it it almost puts single accountability around the connection points between sales, marketing, and customer success and support. And so it, it it's focused on optimizing the business processes so we can actually look at the value stream. We can look at the business process and look where we can lean it out, where we can remove some inefficiencies, where we can remove defects and waste in the process by adding AI, by adding automation, and also focus on the elements that we need to maintain that strong human experience aspect. And then we can you know, use AI both in the business process and in the customer-facing touch points to you know innovate those experiences make them better and differentiated for customers and make it easier for customers to do business with the organization from pre-sales to purchase to post-sales which you know in my mind that's just another word for customer experience so if we want to give it the title rev revops revenue operations to to gain some traction and some support from the c suite i think that's what we should do um but make sure we're really focusing on not just the inside out business operations aspect of sales marketing and support but the customer experience touch points that need to be connected and um and optimized as well when if there are companies out there that are really trying to get going in AI, what do you recommend for them to kind of get these processes going? So, you know, I'm a I'm a bottoms up person. So it, what I mean by that is I like to look at the detail. I like to get my hands dirty in the data. And sometimes I I think there's a tendency you know, there's a human tendency to be lazy to try to try to save time and be efficient. And so, you know, what I what I would recommend is, you know, don't sell out and and try to adopt AI solutions for the sake of having AI solutions. I was in a client pitch meeting uh, a few months ago where you know an organization was bragging that they had like 127 bots in their organization. I thought 127 bots like. How can you even, you know, connect all the the things that you're trying to do if you have to go to 127 different chatbots to to get your job done? So, you know, I think we shouldn't. Uh, the knee jerk reaction is to go and 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 try a bunch of things, but I think we need to step back, look at the business process, look at where we're going to add the most value to the business or to the customer in the pre sales processes. Uh, and the customer facing touch points in the marketing processes and the handoffs between sales and marketing and the handoffs to support. Um, and, and how do we leverage AI intelligently in a way that connects those experiences better and leverages the customer data to make the experience even more personalized and human for them? You know, it's really interesting. I've been looking at these studies that have been coming out on how companies are considering using AI. 
think, you know, the consultancies and some of the larger accounting firms have come out with some studies which are showing incredible results, but almost always it's exactly what you are highlighting, which is that it's supporting individuals to do their roles more efficiently, more at a higher quality levels, et cetera. But I mean, quite incredible results. And so I think that, you know, when you see things like 30 to 50% efficiency improvements, you can't ignore this. I mean, so clearly I would say that the companies that seem to be the winners are the, not the ones that avoid it, but the ones that embrace that human AI solution, the ones that are bringing those two elements together for sure. It's really, really exciting. Well, Daniel, it's been amazing to talk with you today. If someone wanted to learn more about what you and the team are working on at Nexting, where should they go? So they can go to our website, uh, nexting.com. That's N-X-T-T-I-N-G.com. Um, you know, we're we're a new company, and so there's not a lot out there on the site yet, but we're we're continuing to evolve and grow and listen to our customers and figure out, you know, how do we offer the best value proposition and make sure that our services fit the need. Um, so if there's something that you're interested in that, that we've talked about today, I'm happy to have a conversation and see if it's something that we can um, support or uh, give you some advice. Great. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for being on the Uncaged show today. We've been speaking with Daniel Roundy. He is the co-founder and chief experience officer of Nexting. Nexting is a company that's their creative problem solvers and experience builders for the better. We've been talking about really what that means in terms of optimizing all the experiences that a company has and really driving that better customer and employee result. I would say that you know, I'm a big believer in focusing on experience throughout a business and trying to make sure that you, you make that not only differentiated, but more efficient and really show how that that can kind of a deliver that better lifetime value for a customer. I mean, it is critical. I remember reading The Experience Economy. It was a transformational book for me, actually. I remember being like, that is it. That's the future. So Daniel, you are the future. So thank you so much for being on the show today. And we look forward to having you back. My pleasure. Thanks, Matt.